There are basically three ways to study creativity. You can investigate creative people, you can investigate the creative product, or you can investigate the creative process. We believe the best way to ramp up your creative output is to learn to use the creative process. Hi, I'm Michael C. Patterson, your host for the MindRamp podcasts, and we're exploring MindRamp's MAPS method. In the past podcasts, we've looked at motivation, assessments, and planning, and now we're into the S for skills, skills for sustainability. In this episode, we continue to explore creativity and take a deeper dive into MindRamp's creative cycle, which outlines the architecture of a standard creative process. There are four main phases of the creative cycle. Imagination, idea generation, implementation, and evaluation. Let me quickly tell you about each one of them. In the imagination phase, you get started and visualize a better future and begin to get an idea of how you're going to get from where you are now to where you want to be. I want to learn how to play the piano or how to paint. I want to create a spreadsheet to track our home budget. Or I want to start an exercise program and lose five pounds and reduce my blood pressure. Those are all good starting points and get your imagination going. Then you get into the idea generation phase. And this is when you think up as many ideas as you can about how to achieve your objectives. The more ideas, the better. Then after you've gone and and developed a whole bunch of different ideas, you hone in on the best one, the most viable one, the one that is most likely to succeed. Then the next phase is implementation. Every creative idea is a hypothesis that needs to be tested. So you need to put your plan into action. Give it your best shot. See if it works. And then in the evaluation stage, that's where the real power of the creative process comes from. It's from the learning and growth that it produces. Because in the evaluation stage, you figure out what worked, and you learn from that. And you also figure out what didn't work, and you learn from that. Then you figure out how you can adjust your ideas, your plans, and make them work better in the future. So the full creative cycle includes those four main phases, but then there are also nine other stages that populate those four, and I'll explain those now. By the way, it might be easier to follow this if you uh, go to our website to the free resources page and download the graphic of the creative cycle, MindRamp's creative cycle, because then you'll be able to follow along and it'll make a little bit more sense. But we start with the imagination phase and under imagination, there are two more finely honed stages. There's initiation and saturation. And then under idea generation, there's manipulation, incubation, and illumination. And then under implementation, there's manifestation and implementation. And then under the final evaluation phase, you have verification and alteration. So that's your full cycle. So let me give you an idea of how this might play out in real life. 
Let me use an example of cooking a nice meal for the Perez family. That's your creative project. So the the initial imagination phase involves an initiation and a saturation stage. So initiation. I mean, something gets the ball rolling. You might have introduced yourself to Mrs. Perez, who moved in next door with her family and thought to yourself, oh, we, you know, we should invite the Perez family over for dinner and welcome them to the neighborhood. I'll make a nice home-cooked meal for them. That'll be nice. And there it is. You have initiated your creative project. Now, part of this initial phase engages your imagination and your ability to project thoughts into the future to imagine the future you want to create, what is called prospection. You begin to imagine the Perez family arriving at your house and sitting down to a lovely meal that you've prepared and served on good china. And with this vision of the future, you also begin to get an idea of the gap between what exists today and what has to happen in order to make your future vision come true. Well, you need to talk with your family first to get them to accept the idea. Then you have to invite the Perez family and see if they'll accept. And then you have to plan the meal. You have to do the shopping, pull your good china out of storage, buy the wine, so on and so on. So in the initiation stage, you have imagined a better future and begun to visualize the broad outlines of your creative project. Then you move into the saturation stage. Now you have to do some research. You have to call Mrs. Perez, find out what kind of food her family likes. And, oh, you just remembered, you think she might be a vegetarian and have a passion for Moroccan food. Okay, good. Well, uh, you'll have to look up some vegetarian recipes. Oh, and do they like wine? Or would they prefer beer? Or do they, do they drink at all? And you better check to see if they have any other food restrictions. The saturation stage is also when you identify and develop the new skills you will need. You remember that the Perez family speaks mostly Spanish. They're just learning English. So to be polite, you really should learn some Spanish. And then, of course, you're going to have to learn how to cook. Hmm. And not just cook, but cook Moroccan food. Okay, okay, this is great. You have a beginning. You're beginning to get an idea of the challenges and opportunities that await you. And you're also getting a sense of the timeline. How long is it going to take you to get ready for this meal? Then you move into the idea generation phase, which involves two different ways of coming up with new ideas, manipulation and incubation. The idea is to use both approaches to come up with as many ideas as possible and then to select the best one for the job, which occurs in the illumination stage. In the previous saturation stage, you identified a number of the things you need to do, like learn Spanish, learn how to cook, figure out where to buy Moroccan ingredients, to name a few. So now you've got to come up with some good ideas about how you're going to achieve those objectives within the time frame that you've established, say, in the next two weeks. In the manipulation stage, you use conscious and deliberate thinking skills to come up with ideas. You use logic and analysis. So let's see, how can I learn Spanish in two weeks? Hmm, I could move to Mexico for two weeks. I could take an intensive immersion course online. 
I could hire a tutor, and, and so on and so on. During the incubation stage, you give your conscious thinking a rest and let your unconscious mind wrestle with the challenges and come up with ideas. You have already primed your unconscious mind with the basic question or objective. How can I learn enough Spanish in two weeks to be able to converse with the Perez family over dinner? Once primed with that question, your unconscious mind will work on the problem without your even knowing it's doing anything. The trick is getting the ideas out of your unconscious mind and up into conscious awareness. This usually requires that you stop your conscious thinking about the problem. Give your conscious mind a rest. Get it out of the way. Shut it up so that your unconscious mind can get a word in edgewise. So you take a nap, go for a walk, take a shower. Often people's best ideas pop into conscious awareness when they're least expecting them. This is that famous aha moment, the eureka moment. While rinsing soap out of your hair, the thought might occur to you that you could give everyone cell phones and use Google Translate to talk with each other over dinner. Or you could hire a translator. Yeah, forget about learning Spanish. You have popped yourself into the illumination stage, during which a new insight has formed in your mind. This might take the form of a great idea or of an entirely new way to approach the creative challenge. The tricky thing with the illumination stage is that every new aha insight is seductive. It seems perfect and elegant when it first occurs to you. But remember that the objective of the idea generation stage is to generate a lot of alternative ideas so that you can then pick the best one from among them. Add your glorious Eureka idea to the mix and see how it stacks up against the others. At this point, you might circle back to the manipulation stage and play with the new idea. Pull it apart. Put it back together again in a different way. See what emerges. I'll hire a translator. How will that work? Will I be comfortable with a stranger sitting at the table with us? Oh, wait, wait. My friend Charlene is fluent in Spanish. I can invite her over to join us and she could translate when necessary. Eventually, you pick one good idea to move forward with. You're going to invite Charlene and ask her to help translate. <clears throat> then you get to the implementation phase, and this includes a manifestation stage and the actually doing it stage, the implementation stage. Now that you have the basic idea in mind, you have to make it manifest. You have to take the vague outlines of the idea and turn it into concrete plans that can be understood and can be turned into action. Describe the idea to your family. Describe the idea to Charlene and to Mrs. Perez. Get their feedback. Modify the plan. Get some guidelines and expectations. And once you think you have a workable game plan, then you can put it into action and see if it actually works. Now, within the creative process, every idea is a working hypothesis. You don't know if it's going to work until you try it, until you implement it. You have the dinner with the Perez family. Charlene helps you to translate. Everybody gives it their best shot. Now you're ready to enter the evaluation phase in which you figure out whether your hypothesis was valid or not, and you make adjustments. 
Did your idea work? Were you able to enjoy the meal with the Perez family? Did you get to know each other a bit better? Did you become more friendly and so on? Did Charlene's translations help? Was she able to eat anything or was she too busy translating? And was she exhausted at the end or did she find it invigorating? In the final alteration stage, you use your evaluation to figure out what will you do differently the next time? How will you build on your successes to make the next meal even more successful? Or how will you eliminate some of the approaches that failed utterly or avoid repeating some of the embarrassing mistakes that you made? The wonderful thing about the creative cycle is that it usually leads seamlessly into the initiation of a new creative challenge and a new creative cycle. As a general rule, you work through the creative cycle one stage at a time in the sequence we have suggested. But that said, there can be lots of variation and flexibility within the cycle. Speed, for example. The speed at which you work through the creative cycle varies a great deal depending upon the nature of your creative challenge. If you have a fairly simple challenge, you might cycle through the stages in a matter of minutes. On a much grander scale, some creative projects take months, years, or even decades to complete, and each stage of the cycle can take months or years. And then there are cycles within cycles. The entire model is called a cycle because it's a sequence of events that gets repeated in roughly the same order over and over again. The completion of one cycle almost invariably leads to the initiation of a new creative cycle. That's the nature of the creative process. The solution of one problem always raises new problems. The answer to one question raises a bunch of new questions to be answered, or new mysteries to be explored. The larger cycle is often punctuated with smaller internal cycles, in which you find yourself looping back to an earlier stage to re-examine data or to play with a slightly new idea. The creative cycle is a guide, not a rule book. You don't have to follow the prescribed order unless it proves useful. Simply understanding the architecture of the creative cycle can be quite useful. Often, just getting started is a challenge. So if you, if you have that problem, if you're having trouble getting started, just think about the initiation stage. Uh, use your imagination to envision a better future. Identify the gap between where you are now, where you want to be, and so on. Take yourself through these steps, and then you can you get right into it. And often people get discouraged when they hit the saturation stage and their, their creative project goes off the rails. It's important to recognize that a creative process often involves work. I mean, there are skills to be learned before you can follow through on what you imagined. You might want to become a painter, for example. Well, you're going to have to learn how to use paint, how to prepare a canvas, how to mix colors, how to use the brushes, and so on. You're not going to be very good at it when you get started out, so that can be disappointing. We spoke about this in an earlier podcast when we went through the, uh, the mastery continuum. Be aware that there's going to be a learning curve, and that's part of this process as well. 
It's all perfectly normal and expected if you remember that you have to work through all of these phases. Knowing the architecture of the creative cycle can also be helpful when you get stuck. I mean, just figure out where you are in the creative process. What stage are you actually working? And then are you approaching it in the right way? Did you possibly skip a stage or two? If so, you can circle back, pick it back up, and and trust the process. Trust that going through all of these stages will get you unstuck and get you where you want to go. And also, are you using the right cognitive tools for this particular stage of the process? This is actually a very important point. Each of the stages requires a different kind of thinking, and you can run into problems if you're using the wrong thinking approach for that particular stage. This is also true with transitions. When you go from one stage to the next and you have to change thinking styles, that's a major transition. You have to stop one thinking approach, shift to another one, and that that takes some discipline. I hope this brief introduction and overview of the creative cycle has been helpful. Obviously, creativity is a complex and sophisticated process, and we've just skimmed the surface in our review of the creative cycle. We go into much greater depth in our presentations and workshops, of course. And when we work with clients in a coaching relationship, obviously, we can dig much deeper into what's going on in each stage of of the creative process and really learn how to optimize your performance. Remember to go to our website and grab a graphic of the creative cycle because it'll help you conceptualize it and remember where you are and think about, you know, the stages when you're going through your own creative process. And while you're there, of course, you can find out more about MindRamp and how we use mind and brain sciences to enhance qualongevity. All right, that's it for now. Live long and live well. Live long and live well.